What's up, people? Welcome to our live stream. Today, we are going to be doing some linear perspective gesture drawings, and hopefully, you have some fun with us. If you would like to learn how to turn your artistic weakness into your strength, check out artprof.org, where we have lots of free resources, tutorials, critiques, art dares, pro development, all that cool stuff. So, let's get started with the drawing. Yeah, I need to fix my screen. So hang on a sec. Oh. <laughs> Let's fix that. All right. Well, go. I got some cool Spider-Man merch, guys. <laughs> While we're waiting. <laughs> Here we go. Ah, That's okay. better. I, like, I would like to know who's going to draw along with us today. Because we haven't had a draw along for a little while. And... I realized this morning, Jordan, dude, I haven't drawn for a while. <laughs> How could you say something like that to me? What's wrong with you? <laughs> no. It's really bad. I don't have an excuse. I just don't feel like it. Isn't that stupid? <sighs> Clara, Clara. I know. Well, it's okay. At least we're fixing it now. We're fixing it now, at least. I know. <laughs> If you're looking for the reference photos, those links are in the YouTube video description below. And I went on this photography spree this week. So I went to this coffee shop. I went to the mall yesterday. And so I hope this helps you. And I actually created a new album called Linear Perspective on the Flickr page. So if anybody here wants to practice, that is a whole album of photos you can practice from. Jordan, I'm curious, did linear perspective ever really intimidate you? It always does. Still? Not, yeah, not because I don't know how to do it. It's because I'm always too lazy to figure out like where the actual vanishing points are. That always bugs me. So if if I have like like when I do it in like Procreate or Clip Studio or something like that, and it automatically draws lines for me, it's much less intimidating. But otherwise, it's just annoying. <laughs> so I avoid it. So it's it's more laziness than anything. Ah, Jordan, lazy. <laughs> yeah, I know, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were capable of that. Oh, I totally am. I totally am. Trust and believe. <laughs> I try not to expose it too much, but I figure once in, what, six years of working at our profit, it's allowed, right? <laughs> once in a while, we'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're not doing any measuring, right? Are you going all freehand or? Everything is freehand. I'm, um, I'm really drawing from my shoulder and my elbow a lot. I'm, I'm trying not to move my wrist uh, because it, it starts to curve my line a lot if I do that. Right. So I'm trying uh -huh. to be really, really careful about that. And like, if you were to see me, I'm like this the whole time, like just, you know, very robotic almost. And that's how I'm getting the lines I'm getting. But I, I looking at the photo reference, I don't think my vanishing parts, the vanishing points are far enough um, from each other, but I'm not gonna really let that bother me too much, so. This is a funny stream, everybody, because it's about linear perspective, but we're not using any rulers. We're not measuring. 
we're just going to freehand it, which Jordan, I think a lot of people would say, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I think it's, I mean, I think that's the point of the gesture of it is just trying to figure out how to, how to get the results you want while not using the tools that we are used to. And I think sometimes a ruler can even slow you down depending on the situation. So yeah, I, I, I welcome the challenge, even though I'm a little lazy with it. Well, ultimately, it's not really about linear perspective. It's about capturing a scene, about showing the place. This is a very, I don't know if I'm saying the word right, bougie cafe. I find it kind of annoying to go to, but it has really dramatic ceilings, which I do like. And so that's one of the reasons I shot photos there. And you can see I put in some initial lines, but now I'm just blocking out shapes. So a lot of people might think, well, why do you want to put in so much shading? Don't you want to get all the lines right? But I think the shading and just seeing, okay, where are the pockets of space? Where is there a pocket of darkness? So this whole ceiling at the top is all very, very dark. And for me, adding that as a big patch of shading is a way to organize the space in my head. Because Jordan, I think as artists, we do have to almost travel through the space we're drawing. Yeah, I actually remember when I was really little, um, and I watch TV shows, especially sitcoms, I would somehow like really be able to put myself in the space. I'd go like, you know what? I think that the staircase and the, and the sofa are this many feet apart. And even if it was a show I was ne I never saw in real life, like I was never on the set, I could picture that. And so I kind of do the same thing here as much as I can. Um, and, you know, it ends up working pretty well, I think. But it's definitely got its challenges. Thank you so much, 10,000 Crows, for the super sticker. I so much appreciate your support. Keep them coming, everybody. I'm feeling actually sort of crappy about our Patreon because it's the lowest it's ever been, and it keeps going down. For a while, it would sort of go up and down. It's like every week, it's less and less and less. People keep canceling. And so I, it's a bummer. Because Jordan, as much as I try to stay positive, it, it's a bummer when you think you're doing well and then all of a sudden things start to take a nosedive. Yeah, I started feeling that way about like my social media posts and stuff like that because I used to be getting a couple hundred likes and now I'm lucky if I get 50, you know? It's like, really? what the heck? Yeah, that happens all the time. Um, Super frustrating because you, you hit these... I guess, highs and lows. And when you hit the high, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm finally doing something sort of right. And then all of a sudden you do these nosedives and it's stressful. So, I mean, the Patreon, especially because it's a money thing. I mean, social media is obviously important as well, but I, I'm bumming about the Patreon this week. <laughs> that makes sense to me. I get it. Kikaks asking, what are the perks of Patreon? Thinking of joining. Well, one of the biggest perks is that there are Patreon channels in the Discord. And in the Patreon channels, you'll get to interact with me and a lot more of the staff because I'm really not in the public channels very much. And so I'm in there every day. I give critiques in there. 
And also, Jordan, I think a big perk of the Patreon channels is that it's a much smaller group of artists. Yeah, I, I kind of look at it as like a premium, you know, service or premium channel or something where it's yeah. just a little bit more exclusive, exclusive in the sense where, you know, it's private, but not that you guys can't join if you don't, if you, if you wanted to. Um, and I think, I think it's an even more tight knit community because the people who are in the Patreon channels usually all critique each other's work more often. They get to know more about each other. It's sort of like when you take a track with us, it's sort of the same thing. Um, so I, I really, I really think it's great for that. The other thing is we have that critique rule in the public critique channels where if you post an artwork, you have to leave three comments. In the Patreon channels, we don't have that, but I will tell you, you will come across as a jerk if you <laughs> never critique everybody's stuff because people are very good about that in the yeah. Patreon channels. Thank you, Amaris. You all rock. Ace is sitting right next to me right now. <laughs> this is the puppy for those who What's don't. he doing? He's just standing here. Wait, let me see if I can bring him on for a second. Come right. Come here. Uh, okay, come walk over this way. Oh, I want to see him. Oh, he's so cute! <laughs> Look at him! Oh my gosh. Oh my he's gosh. small for the, how high the camera reaches. Sorry, buddy. It's <laughs> like, don't use me for that. <laughs> Not for you to show me off. <laughs> oh, he's still here. So, another thing that I like to do is I pick particular things I see in the scene. So if you look at my drawings, does everybody see this chair that's in the foreground? This is really helpful as a landmark within the drawing. So I have something I know I can always relate that back to this table, which has perspective in it. And I'm also noticing, well, so in the reference photo, there's this like, stop, green wall in the background that has a very sharp edge. So this is that sharp edge. I'm gonna make that really dark and very visible. Do you have any landmarks you're looking at, Jordan? Um, well, my scale is really weird. So <laughs> at this point, I don't know anymore. Um, I mean, I was looking at uh, this corner, this wall in the corner right here, um, this, uh, this door, this giant bench and stuff. But that's a consistent thing I noticed for me is I often get the scale really off when I'm sketching freehand. That's the one really, uh, that's the one thing I really got to work on a bit. But yeah, I don't know about landmarks per se. Mm. Another thing that helps everybody is to do a linear perspective scene that's really zoomed out. So if you look at this, we have a chair, so that's a good sense of scale. But then we have a person who's very, very small in the back. Because Jordan, sometimes people try to draw a corner of a room, and that's really hard to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I, I, I think that one of the biggest things is um, you have to learn a scale, which like I mentioned a second ago, is sometimes very challenging even for me. And if you don't understand how big 
something is or you can't find a way to figure that out, then it's going to be more difficult for you. So using a, an element like a chair or a poster or a cup, whatever you can to think, whatever you can think of to make it work, I would just I would use that immediately. Sentient says, is this one of the cafes where everything sounds extra loud? Yes. I guess another reason I don't like this cafe is because the strip of street it's on, my husband said when he grew up, it was just a street with stores. And now it's full of those, have you seen in LA, those ice cream shops or gelato bar and you walk in and it looks like a hospital. Like everything is sleek, white. They're all over Utah. And the ones I've been to, they don't have good food either. And so it's now if I see a restaurant with that aesthetic, I don't want to go. Seas Candy is kind of like that, but I don't really go to Seas Candy often. I see it in the mall, but everything is sleek and clean and white and very sterile. Um, the coffee shops I go to, I don't even drink coffee, but the ones I go to are actually kind of cool. One of my favorite ones is like a bookstore combined with a coffee shop and they have a table for people who work and everything. You'll go, you'll see people over there and you'll see people like typing up their, their screenplays and all that stuff. And uh, it's kind of fun actually, but. Do people know what I'm talking about? Has anybody else seen this phenomenon of hospital-like ice cream shops? <laughs> I need to know. Oh, here's another thing. Does everybody see there's this artwork on the wall? And these are in perspective. And you'll notice in the scene, there are really big shapes. Like the table is very big. The ceiling is very big, but then you have these little bitty artworks on the wall. And so a range of shapes of scale, because Jordan, you've already got really big shapes, but you even have little tiny squares as well. Yeah, I like to start with just the bigger shapes first. Um, I think it helps me set the stage for, you know, where everything is. And then I can, I can add all these little details to make it easier for sense of scale and everything and, and those details are super important because it helps make the world feel lived in when you have a variety of shapes so like for example when i uh, this past summer i worked at a game company and i did a lot of decals and uh, we were doing like a subway station and i did a lot of stuff that um that were really small like signage and stickers and stuff that most people wouldn't really notice but when you plaster it all over the place it helps the world feel lived in so it's really, really important to have those things. All right, we have Sentient saying, can confirm, Patreon channels are awesome. Manette says, really like being in the Patreon channels, thinking of increasing so I can get back in. Start a new job with lower pay, so got to see if I can swing it before I sign up. Yeah, I mean, obviously do what works best for you, but I really enjoy being in there. I feel like I really know people in the Patreon channels. It's very different than the public channels where I don't really have consistency in terms of watching people's progress and interacting with them. 
Thank you, Outta Girl, who says, don't bomb. How are the private courses going? Well, we're not doing tracks right now, but there is still room in these two January workshops. We have one on drawing and painting clouds. We have another one on commissions for artists. And we still have a few spots. So if you want to get in, go down to the YouTube video description below. And we have a link there for our workshops. It's also on the front page of artprof.org. Seven Angelic says, being able to freehand it is great because you can always use the ruler to clean it up after. Do you ever do that? Oh yeah. If, if, if we had the time, I would totally use a ruler or maybe even the straight edge tool and I would fix up the perspective. Like I would do a ton of stuff to, to work on this, you know? Um, but I think for sketching and just figuring things out, you know, like, like for example, this was a thumbnail, let's say for a comic or something like that. Then this, I think is totally fine. But when you get to the final artwork that you want to present to the world, then I think that's when you want to bring in, uh, the, the big guns, AKA the rulers. I think it's easier to approximate and then fix it up. I feel like when you try to measure every single line and get it absolutely correct, it's so slow. Or is That's that just me? <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I dread that stage of things. And I actually think sometimes it messes you up when you're drawing because you start to lose the creativity and you start being so overwhelmed that the drawing isn't right in terms of perspective that you end up not creating something as unique or fun. So, yeah. I mean, obviously- I also, so. <laughs> I also think just if you're drawing that precisely and that carefully, there's no chance you're gonna have any sense of gesture or humanity. <laughs> you're drawing it probably not <laughs> probably not <laughs> i'm drawing the scene of a lisbon street this is very different than the coffee garden shot because it is much more shallow so you can see there's not as much linear perspective it's mostly in this building on the left-hand side, there's a little bit here, but this whole area in the middle, there isn't any linear perspective. So that's another thing is you have to recognize where is the linear perspective? Because Jordan, yours is all over the place. You have multiple <laughs> vanishing points, don't you? Uh, Yeah, I, I mean, there's an infinite number of vanishing points in any given scenario. I would say for the most part, the structure of it is just two, like, so this is my photo reference over here. Um, you guys can see that. So if I were to pull out the vanishing points, like that is probably all going to, oh wait, I don't know if you can see that. Oh, what's a good color? Uh, <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to demonstrate teaching, but I guess it doesn't want me to do it. Let's try this. Whatever, close enough. Um, it's like all these lines go to the same spot. I would think, and all the these lines go to the same place. But everything else, the chairs, the little knickknacks on the coffee counter and all that stuff, the blurred out face guy over here, um, they're all gonna be different. 
Caruso, California College of the Arts is my favorite, my top art school. Any portfolio tips for them? Applying to the comics program. I don't know a lot about CCA. Do you, Jordan? Not really. I've heard of people who've gone there, but I don't know anything about their program. Um, I would say, though, since you're applying for the comics program, the number one thing I would focus on for your portfolio is being able to tell a story. You know, whether it's an actual comic that you submit or uh, you, you just a single illustration, that's what a comics program is about. You, you know, being able to tell a succinct story in as few shots as possible. Um, and it could be as simple as a boy walking his dog or buying an ice cream. It doesn't have to be this extravagant Lord of the Rings epic series. It just needs to tell a story. I think story, it, it doesn't get prioritized the way it should. I think it's the same thing with character design. People really want to make a cool looking character. Of course you do. But that character doesn't reach people if it doesn't have a good story. Yeah, that is very true. That That is something I actually try and prioritize with my students because uh, I, I had a whole lecture on storytelling specifically because they were going to design their own characters and it's really really hard and if you're going to design anything whether it's a character or a location or a vehicle whatever it has to fit within that story you know because certain things just won't work like you won't see uh, what's an example you know you might not see something in harry potter that would exist in the hunger games or something you know like there's two they're two different stories um or i don't know you wouldn't see Aang using a lightsaber necessarily. <laughs> so it's just, right. you have to figure that stuff out as you go. They're also asking, how do I choose a school that's friendly, accommodating to neurodivergent people? I'm autistic, have ADHD, several other mental illnesses. Check in with the school's student services and see what they offer. Because I think a big thing that's hard for a lot of students is a lot of times you don't even realize what's available to you on campus. And it really is up to the student to do the research and find out, oh, they have this supporting group of counselors. They have this. They had Wellesley College, they had a whole counseling service called the Stone Center. And so I would find out information about that program and what they offer to students. It really comes down to asking about what's available. Manette says, I was wondering, how do you do drawings like this, a whole room with furniture, details, etc., without getting overwhelmed? I struggle and give up. Um, <laughs> probably not the best person to ask this question or to answer this question, but I would say big, medium, small. That that's really the solution. You know, if, if you're if you're working on an environment like this, you want to just break it up into as many steps as possible. So first thing you might say is I need a horizon line. Um, and then I, you could figure out where your vanishing points are. And from there, you figure out the big structures like the like from my situation, it's the walls and this um, this table or this uh, counter for the barista book counter, whatever you call that. Then I might put you know, the people or the posters and just keep working smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, that That's really the the easiest way I can put it together. But 
you know, not everyone has to follow that formula, but I, I find that is the easiest way for me. For me, the most helpful thing is to see it not as, oh, there's a chair, there's a window, there's this, but to say, what are the shapes? Boil it down to looking at it abstractly. And don't spend too long on anything. You can see in my scene, I'm just approximating because there's too much emphasis, Jordan, on I have to get it right, right now. Yeah. Like, even in my drawing, yeah, as I'm, I'm looking at my drawing, I realized my horizon lies way too high compared to the photo. I'm like, whatever, it is what it is. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I drew what I drew, and I'm, you know, as long as you commit to the decision, <laughs> it's fine. You know, like, you're not supposed to be a, you know, a slave to your reference. So, in this situation, I'm changing things up unintentionally, but, you know, it is, I'm here now. <laughs> so, yeah. Think about everything you're drawing. It's an approximation. I think this window is about here. And then you jump onto something else, you come back. Oh, no, it's not really there. It's a little bit over here. And so that's why another thing that's helpful is draw really light. If you draw super dark immediately with traditional media, it's less likely that you'll feel like you can change it. Because so much of the time, the reason people feel stuck is they feel like they don't have options oh, I drew it, I can't change it. And that feels terrible. You feel totally powerless. Mm -hmm. So if you work on it in a way that feels like, oh yeah, I can change it, that I think is also very helpful. Oh, this is good advice from Anna about disabilities. You must do extensive research into their disability services. My academic success was so dependent on getting the right accommodations. Another thing that's helpful is to talk to your professors. I always ask students the first day of class, if you have anything you want me to know about you, maybe English isn't your first language, you have medical condition, you have a disability, let me know. Because I think sometimes students don't realize they can do that. And I felt so bad. I had a student in my class and I didn't know she was autistic for five weeks out of a six week program. And she finally told me the last week and I felt terrible about it because if I'd known that, I felt like I could have helped her better. So a lot of it is you telling teachers, I mean, obviously only what you're comfortable with, but as a teacher, I really appreciated that when students would tell me. Good point from Carolyn, that shading you just put in just popped it into 3D for me. Suddenly, the depth of the alley really reads. Yeah, so you can see in the beginning, I was drawing shapes. I was drawing, okay, there's like a little grid here. There are these little garbage bags at the bottom. And I was doing all these lines, but the thing is, it was all fragmented. Shape here, shape there. But then when you come in and you just shade a very big shape like that, all of a sudden, that's a very different relationship. And the thing is, I drew this darker than it really is in the photo. But you can cheat, right, Jordan? Oh, all the time. Why not? <laughs> Do it. You're drawing, you know? So there's, I, 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 I hesitate to say the word should, you know? 
when yeah. it comes to art, because I think that can be very restrictive, especially as a creative person. Um, and there are definitely rules that I think are a good idea to follow, but there's no reason why a certain rule can't be broken when it's your own thing. Now, if you're working on a Disney movie and they say things have to be done this way, then okay, well, <laughs> you gotta live with that. You're working for them. But if it's your own piece, have fun with it. I think that's the most important thing. Also, no reference photo has everything you need. I think if I drew straight from a reference and didn't make changes, I don't think the pieces would achieve what I want because what I'm trying to capture here is depth. By darkening this, it makes everything a lot easier. If I say, oh, but it's not that dark. I can't draw it that dark. Then I'm limiting myself. So see the reference. It's a starting place. It's not your final destination. Technomatic says trick to drawing lighter is get used to softer pencils. They'll still be dark even with light pressure, but you do not dent the paper so easily. On the other hand, <laughs> I know people who like the hard pencils because you literally cannot go dark with them. If you're drawing with a 3H, no matter how hard you press, you're never going to get as dark. But yes, there is that risk because they are so hard that you can actually end up scratching the paper, which is not great. Levi says, do these techniques work in general for everything so long as I have a horizon line or there's specific things to look for in outdoor scenes? I think the way to consider this, we're talking about sketching linear perspective today, but all the stuff about gesture drawing, it all translates. I I'm not drawing a figure, I'm drawing a scene, but Jordan, even though they feel so different because it's a figure in a room, the fundamentals are still there, right? Yeah, I mean, the, there are certain principles in art, you know, gesture being one of the biggest ones, and that's just about being loose and not being, uh, not allowing your reference to control you too much. Um, obviously, it's important we're both using reference as we draw. You guys have seen so many of our live streams where we've done that, but I think you want to keep that element of surprise and fun in your work as well. And sometimes that means deviating a little bit or adding, you know, a giant tree in the middle of your piece just because. Um, and that's what art, that's what I do all the time. I'll take references from like five different places to draw one character and it works. It works really, really well, actually. Let's think about what are some of the fundamentals of a gesture drawing. For me, draw light, move around the page, capturing the entire subject and showing the personality of the subject. People are used to this being about a figure, but are you moving around the page, Jordan? Always. Are you capturing the entire subject? Much as I can. <laughs> are you showing the personality of the subject? Uh-huh. 
it's the exact same thing, everybody. I know it doesn't feel like the exact same thing, but it is. Because I hear so much people say things like, oh, I'm so good at drawing unicorns. I can draw them so easily. But I'm so bad at drawing Pennant at Cumberbatch. It's like, no, it doesn't have anything to do with it. You, it's the same <laughs> fundamentals. Whether you're drawing a unicorn or Benedict Cumberbatch, it's all the same fundamentals. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I agree. I would agree with that. It's, it's right? you know, when you really think about it, like I have, I have, when I talk to my students, I tell them this. Everything is made up of maybe about four shapes. You have spheres, you have cubes, you have pyramids, and you have cone shapes. Just about everything in the world that you can draw is based off of one of these four. Now, obviously, you could have a dodecahedron or whatever, but for the most part, this is everything that you need. And if you can draw these, you can draw anything else. And I think that that's where the simplification comes in, just kind of narrowing stuff down. Like, for example, this booth that I drew right here is basically a cube. It's just elongated um, and it's got a couple of sides to it. Um, same thing with this staircase. It's basically, you know, a rectangle with some triangular elements to it. It's, it's all very, very simple when you really break it down. That said though, there are things to look for, for particular subjects. For example, if I'm drawing Benedict Cumberbatch, I want to draw his cheekbones because that's a structural element to that topic. And linear perspective, go to a place that has tiles on the floor. Why is that helpful, Jordan? Uh, tiles automatically connect with a certain vanishing point. And so you'll be able to see it much easier if you, if you do that, I think. I am drawing gap kids and there's tiles in the front that's basically your linear perspective map just draw the tiles same thing sometimes you'll have tiling at the ceiling or sometimes there's a repeated object if there are lights or signs that are the same size but they converge and move back into space look for things like that because those are really good guidelines the same thing with the human figure if you're drawing the bony landmarks that's your map to how to make that happen brazen spirituality says if your point of view hence vanishing points are in the center of the page but the scene you're drawing is landscape oriented left to right wall in front how do you indicate linear perspective i'm not totally sure what you're referring to do you want to take a stab at this well let me, let me just read it again if your point of view and bench points are at the center of the page the senior drawing is this just talking about one point perspective because it's the vanishing I, I mean the center of the page that's what i'm drawing right now okay so for me i'm gonna guess i'll draw it with red so everybody can see it better i'm gonna approximate my horizon line is probably here and I'm going to bet my vanishing point is here. I, this is pretty straight on one point perspective. And so if I draw my, you know what I'll do? I'll draw some vanishing lines with red 
so you can all see that a little bit better. Okay, so that's some of the lines. And then you can see how this is the side of the window case. So I'll make those a little darker so everybody can see. I mean, it doesn't matter what the orientation is of the image, whether it's horizontal or wide, none of these things change. Mm -hmm. Sorry if we didn't interpret your question correctly, but yeah, that's what we're looking at here. Oh, this is so nice, Sad Blob. This channel has boosted me so much out of art block. I actually feel motivated again. Started six works in progress within the last week. Oh, fantastic. That's awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, man. This is so confusing. Everything is glass in my seat. And I'm noticing this is the angle which is in perspective of the display case. But then I'll draw it in a different color. The door is open, but the door is different. It's not the same vanishing point. Yeah, these little parts on the side of the door. That, that also gets confusing because then you have objects that for one reason or another don't line up and you can't be fooled by them. Yeah, that's always the worst. Ugh. Oh, maybe this is what Brazen was asking. W through one five, one point, the vanishing point can be off center, even way off the side of the page. You can try two point as well. Yeah, so this is my linear perspective. This is my vanishing point. If I wanted to, I could put that over here. I mean, that would change where the vanishing lines go, but you can put the vanishing point anywhere on this horizon line. The vanishing point, it's always on the horizon line. You can't put it up here. <laughs> it's always here. It's just, it can be anywhere on that horizon line. I feel like my drawing my photo of the Gap Kids. It's sort of ominous looking, isn't it? <gasps> yeah, I can see the Shining Girls coming out and going like, play with this. <laughs> but that's, again, what we were saying earlier that, yeah, we're talking about linear perspective, but I'm going to make this a very apocalyptic looking Gap Kids because that, to me, is the personality of this space. Be like a Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beast. You seen that show? No. It's uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's on Netflix, and it's basically a post-apocalyptic world. But the girl in it is like super uh, excited about life, <laughs> and so they go into these places that are like three thousand years old, and they're like, "Oh, look at this! This is laundry detergent! Wow!" You know, they they're just amazed at all this little stuff. It's pretty fun. That's funny.
Oh, good point from Anna. We're going back to the disability. You have to understand that disclosure is scary, carries possible stigma. I have wildly varying stories about how professors reacted to learning about my disabilities. That's a really good point. And I mean, it's up to the professor to not be a jerk, but we can't always count on that, unfortunately. So I would amend that by saying, do it if you're comfortable. If you feel like that's a professor who will listen to you and not hold that against you. But I also understand that even if you do get a professor like that, maybe you're still not comfortable. So it's obviously it's case by case, depends on the person. But yeah, that's something to think about. Thank you for bringing that up. Brazen's asking a bazaar, a city street, shops ahead, people, landscape. What kind of perspective is it even? You have no view in front of you, but a wall of shops 20 feet ahead, but feels 3D. You can break down any scene into linear perspective. The key thing is you can't let yourself be distracted by all of the stuff. So in this scene, hopefully you can see this, some of you. This is the food court at the mall, which is a total disaster. There's hundreds of people <laughs> at the mall. There's chairs and tables and lights and everything. And so within that chaos, you have to pick certain things that are going to help you organize that space. So for me, it's this ceiling. This ceiling up here, the vanishing lines are pretty clear. And you can also look for vertical lines because these columns are vertical lines. In one point and two point perspective, all the verticals will be parallel. Three point is different. But if you look for vanishing lines and a couple of verticals, that is the way to sort out the chaos because it's there. It's just, you have to look for it. There are some scenes where it's so big, like there's no rhyme or reason. Have you seen that Jordan? Yeah. Um... Those are tricky to find out. What I what I used to do actually, I would go in art books and I would literally take a ruler, especially my avatar art book. I would go and take a ruler and figure out exactly what perspective they were using, like where's the vanishing point and how I could figure this out. And um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just to help train your eye. And um, if you think that's a good tool for you to learn from, then I say go for it. And by the way, everybody. I do have two lectures on linear perspective. One covers one point. The other one covers one and two point. And I really want to do a three point perspective lecture. And so if anybody in our community wants to sponsor that video, I got so many people asking me about three point and I really want to put it out there. But <laughs> since our Patreon is taking a nosedive, we need people to step in from the community to make this content happen because I'm just so absurdly busy and I just don't want to drive myself absolutely bats. Please don't do that. No, I'm already bats. Just what degree of bats? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to start a second sketch here with Photoshop is being finicky. Ugh. Also, does everybody see here the lights that are in the background? 
that like the tiles, you can follow those lights because those are shapes that are repeated. And you can see pretty clearly from these two, those are very large. They get smaller as we go back into space. Anything that repeats, why is that helpful, Jordan? Uh, if it repeats, then you can, and they're the same size, you can kind of guess uh, where the vanishing point is a lot easier. So like, for example, I'm actually using this as a reference here. Um, it might be hard to see because it's kind of dark, but there are these benches that are approximately like the same size. And I can go back and I can figure out, oh, hey, these are all kind of going back to this point right here. So that it becomes really helpful to see the vanishing point in situations like that. Or these chairs. We know these chairs are the same. So we could say, oh, well, there we go. So it, it helps to be able to see patterns like that. Um, yeah. Adagirl says, what about multi-point? I guess it would be like Christmas with many random boxes open. What does it cost to sponsor a video? Well, we do have information. We have a whole page on our website about how you can sponsor a video. And we have different rates depending on the format of the video. So if you want to sponsor a one minute short, there's a rate for that. If you want to sponsor a lecture live stream, and we have a Google form where you just check off the format, the subject, whatever it is you're interested in. So that link, it's in the YouTube video description below under sponsor a video, and there's information there. So I think what you're asking out girl is when each object in the space has its own linear perspective, because yes, if you have a whole bunch of boxes and none of them are lined up, and they're in random places. To do that correctly, you would have to have individual vanishing points and horizon lines for every box. And at that point, Jordan, is it really necessary? Uh, not so much. Well, I mean, you would only have one vanish, well, not one vanish, one horizon line for any given image, but the the vanishing points you will have multiple. I remember when I was in class at RISD one time and we were learning about perspective and he and the teacher had us all, had our paper sprawled everywhere. You know, we'd all been working for hours and he said, how many vanishing points are in this room? And we're like, uh, I don't know. He's like an infinite number because this piece, piece of paper is turned this way and this water bottle is turned this way and this pencil is turned that way. So it just becomes a lot. So unless it's a really, really big deal, I would just, yes, <laughs> you know. I would guess a lot of that stuff. Well, because if you have 10 boxes and you have 10 vanishing points at that stage, who, who can even tell if it's accurate or not? Yeah. I think it's just better to eyeball it. Yeah. I, that's where the gesture kind of comes in. I totally eyeball stuff. And, it, you know, like right now I'm eyeballing this roughly. I'm not measuring this out. And, I think for perspective assignments, like in school and stuff, people will judge that. But as long as it looks good, as long as it looks okay, I don't think anyone's really going to give you too much of a hard time for that. Because who has that kind of time of the day? I certainly don't. Oh, sorry. Yes. I meant multiple vanishing points. The, the her Well, so here, 
it gets too complicated. The point is, if you have 15 boxes, you don't have to bother. It's not necessary. <laughs> a Simeon says three point perspective is the norm, not one point or two point, which are special cases of three point. I don't think it's the norm. I'm just going to say that every situation is its own thing. Three point perspective, most of the time, it's sort of subtle. Like in an everyday situation, it'll be there, but it's like so minimal. Like it's so close to being one point, so close to being two point. Mm -hmm. My best way to illustrate three point is actually. I would walk around downtown where the buildings are really tall. And then when you look up at the building, that's a very blatant version of three point perspective. But you know what, if I give a lecture, it'll be way easier <laughs> for everybody to understand what I'm talking about. It's a weird ceiling. <laughs> Yay, artist Bav, first time catching us live. Who else here is watching us live for the first time? Carolyn says, good exercise might be taking a magazine with a ton of pictures, drawing in the vanishing point lines on it wherever you see them. Yes, so many people think you have to draw to learn linear perspective. I don't think that's true. No, as a matter of fact, I, um, when I started learning about what like tools like Blender can do um, and things like Procreate and how they have like an automatic perspective tool, I was thinking that the way perspective is taught is probably gonna have to be adjusted to accommodate for that because, you know, I think we do things the hard way sometimes when reality, I don't think you necessarily have to do that all the time. And I'm not sure exactly what the solution is, but um, I think you could totally use photos. You could use blocks. You could, you know, eyeball it, you know, as long as you understand the principles. One thing that I did, because I did teach a linear perspective class at RISD. Jordan, did I tell you this? I agreed to teach the class and I didn't know anything about linear perspective. <laughs> you know what? Wow. I had no, because I never studied it in school because I was a painting major and I skipped that first semester, which is when they teach linear perspective in the RISD illustration department. And I was like, yes, I'll teach it. And I was like, okay, I have a lot of homework this summer. <laughs> wait, you, wait, you started as a painting major and then moved to illustration? Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I didn't. I, I didn't know yeah. that. Huh. So anyway, getting back to what Carolyn says, what I did to teach students linear perspective, I didn't have them draw right away. I actually took them to the library where there's tons of perspective with all the bookshelves and everything. I said, okay, everybody walk around with your phone and I want you for half an hour to take photos of where you see one point where you see two point because the thing is if you can't see it you can't draw it yeah that's a good point i like that method i always think the most tricky thing is just figuring out where all the vanishing points are that's always the part that throws people off because it's so tedious you know and if you get something off even by a little bit mm -hmm. 
you know, especially in school, you get marked down very quickly. And that always annoyed me a lot. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Also, does everybody notice how for all the drawings I've done today, and Jordan, you're doing it too, we've drawn these boxes. Why is that helpful? Uh, the frame, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, so it's helpful to get a sort of border on what your, your drawing is going to be. And um, I think it's much easier to understand where your limits are when you kind of construct them. So, yeah, that's why I use them. That's why I use them. And also, you know, perspective only really works when you have it confined in a certain space because sometimes things get distorted if you move too far out. So. Well, what never worked for me, Jordan, was when teaching linear perspective, starting it with no reference at all. Have, have you seen this in some classes? They'll say, okay, everybody draw your horizon line, draw your point, now add some vanishing. Like, I think this is a terrible way to teach for me. I'm not saying it doesn't work for some people, but then people do this they say okay now i want you to draw your buildings and every single building looks the same have you noticed this yeah they, they all like look like this they all look like shoe boxes yeah you could easily tell a uh, perspective assignment for class uh in a drawing like it's very very obvious and i think that's part of what makes perspective kind of boring for a lot of people is because it doesn't seem to have any creativity to it and, which is kind of true. Like it's it's very rigid in a lot of ways, um, which is why I think that taking advantage of the gesture aspect of it is so important, um, and being able to add your own spin on things. Like instead of having this building look like a shoebox, maybe give it some interesting tiling, or maybe give it some cracks in the wall. Okay, add some pipes or some cool windows or something. Let's make it different. I mean, what building looks like this? <laughs> Um, here's some Toy Story. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the point is, this this is totally an abstract concept. You're not drawing a thing here. You're just measuring. Okay, I'm drawing a scene here. Okay, this is a scene from when I was in Lisbon. Oh, this is the Tile Museum. That's what this was. Okay. And it, it just, it's so helpful to know what you're drawing. Like if I say, okay, Jordan, draw a linear perspective space. It's not interesting. But mm -hmm. if I say, draw this bougie cafe, it's different. Yeah, it is more of a focus when you can do stuff like that. And, uh, you know, when I was in a perspective class, they, we all had similar prompts of like Jack and the Beanstalk or, you know, Cinderella or something like that. We would just have to come up with an image representing that. And, uh, and it, but it, it becomes complicated when you want to figure out how to tell a story and have that perspective because it's just a lot to think about. And I think it ends up stressing out students more than anything. So you have to find that balance. Oh man, this scene, oh gosh, I don't even know. These tiles on the floor, they're diamonds. Oh yeah. Oh, God. All right. I, I'm not even gonna think about it. I'm just gonna approximate. Yeah. This is really hard because it's not like the gap drawing I did. 
because the gap drawing I did, the, the tiles actually lined up with everything. The, these are their own thing. So I'm just going to approximate because, oh man, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's yeah. exactly what I'm doing. That's why, I'm, that's why like, when I do um, anything professional and it's got perspective in it, I'm always going to use Clip Studio Paint because it's got automatic, like, ruler tools in there and it just saves. Oh. It's, and Crocrete does that, too. Um, but it's so nice because it'll also snap to the line. Like, if, you, if it can tell that you're trying to connect it to that point, it'll automatically do that. Oh. One thing that's very hard about this scene I'm doing right now is it has arches. And the arches make things harder because everything's round. And then there's the vaulting on the ceiling, which is even more of a pain in the butt. So the way I would recommend doing it, everybody, here, I'll show you the photo. So in the photo, if you all look at, does everybody see these dots? Okay, these dots are in perspective. So I'm gonna draw the ceiling first. I'm gonna make a vanishing line and I'm gonna put those dots here. I think there's about five, okay? And then I'm gonna say, okay, well, the dots are where the vaulting crosses. So the vaulting, this one would be like that. And then they also attach up here. There are these architectural things. I mean, really, I'm doing connect the dots, if you think about it. <laughs> so there's the vaulting. And you can see here, here are the little architectural things. There's probably a word for this. I totally do not know what it is. Okay, so there I have my vaulting in place. And now I'm also gonna look at the top of the columns. So if you look at this, this, and this, these three things align with the vanishing line. So I'm gonna just draw the top of those columns like this, one, two, three. And then I'm gonna draw in the columns themselves because I wanna get my verticals and then the bottoms of the columns also line up and now i can do connect the dots it's kind of fun connect the dots <laughs> this is what they are cereal box buildings says yeah. seven angelic love it I'm gonna use that term. Snap Sketch Snooze says, great idea to draw over the magazines. There's a couple architectural uh, magazines at the library too, except the architectural magazines make me mad. It's like, look at these really, really rich people who designed their mansion from scratch. <laughs> I don't know if I was really, really rich, I'd want to do that. <laughs> I want to have a state. I, matter of fact, 
I'm gonna have to imagine my stay of the art studio, what that would look like. There'd have to be a movie theater in there. There would have to like it'd be in one room, and then I have my giant Cintiq and like four screens around me, and then I have to have like LED lights with Joe McFoe written somewhere. Oh um, my gosh! What? what? I mean, my, you do have a miniature version of that right now. I do. It's already awesome. Wait, wait, I gotta show it up now. Bam! I don't know how well you can see that. But Love it. Joe McFoe. Uh, it's uh, and clearly a dog is gonna have to exist somewhere. And maybe a Bob Ross poster or two. <laughs> so this drawing, I, I did mostly line first. I have some of the other ones where I put in the tone a little bit sooner, but because all of the arches and the vaulting and the ceiling were tricky, I decided to hold off on that. But value really helps knowing that this area back here is in shadow and the light is coming in from the left hand side do you have very visible lighting in your scene jordan uh, wait i'm sorry i think i missed you say it again do you have lighting that's obvious in your setup uh yeah it's it's coming from these windows right here um so it's 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 pretty simple there are these small lights on the ceiling but they don't really affect anything <laughs> honestly it's probably causing a lot of people to have trouble reading um but yeah a simian says one way to tell where the horizon line is whether you see the top of the object horizon line is above if you can see the bottom horizon line is below well it brings up what i think is important which is eye level and so you have to think about your point of view as the viewer. So Jordan, if I just stand up straight, that's the typical eye level people are used to, right? But what if I sit on the floor and I'm like lying on the floor in my front? Yeah, well, that's that's called a worm's eye view. And that would be, I mean, there's a lot of images that, that show that where you're looking up at someone and uh, it's usually good for showing like intimidation or a tall building or something like that. And, you know, there's three point perspective involved in that sometimes, but, you know, depending on the scene that you're trying to convey, that is super important. And so I think it's good to learn these traits and figure that out. Well, ultimately linear perspective is a point of view. Where are you in the scene? If I was a bird and I'm flying up near the ceiling, bird's eye view is very different. And so really what linear perspective does is it tells you, where are you in the scene? I was here taking a photo of this archway and I wasn't lying down on the floor. I was just standing up. And so therefore you can see my eye level here. I'll put in the horizon line. I'm gonna approximate, I guess I'm around there. Okay, so now look at this, everybody. This is, the horizon line is eye level. So horizon line, I'll write it down. Horizon line equals eye level. Okay, so this is my eyes. Now anything up here is above eye level. Anything below is below eye level. So again, that's where we can talk about horizon line all day. 
But what it comes down to, are you a worm or a bird? <laughs> <laughs> that should be the slogan for uh, for perspective for our prop from now on. Are you a worm exactly. or a bird? Or the title of the three-point perspective video that you're going to do. If anybody wants to sponsor it, I'll make it happen. But we got to keep the lights on, everybody. And oh my God, I am dying for the day that I don't have to ask for support anymore. But we're not even close yet. So yeah, for now, you have to listen to me talk about that. There's this uh, there's this show I like called, uh, called The Chosen. And they're a completely crowdfunded show. And they're asking oh. millions of dollars per episode. But on the live streams, whenever they premiere an episode, the creator, Dallas, he always asks for donations and stuff. And everyone's like, you talk too much about donations. He's like, hey, if you give me the amount of money we need, we don't need to do this anymore. I can get you right to the episode. And so he started a hashtag called Shut Dallas Up. <laughs> uh. So that people could donate money. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need. Get Clara to quit talking about budget because, oh, <laughs> I hate it. It's the thing that frustrates me the most about Art Prof. The other stuff is fantastic. Hanging out with all of you and seeing what you're doing is my favorite thing in the world. But, oh boy, all the business crap. It's annoying. Oh, shoot. I totally put my things in the wrong place. Ugh. Okay, they're crap. Okay, this is where you should connect the dots. I did not. And so now this is off. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to tell. I know. Shuriken says when we say one point, we mostly use vanishing lines to connect the measurements, but if we use oblique drawings, also uses vanishing points, are those two the same? I don't know what an oblique drawing is. I feel like I should, but I don't. Do you? I don't know what that is either. I have no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe somebody can look it up for me while we're on the stream. Oh, Shuriken says, in high school, subject was called drafting. It's where we studied the structures and lines. I should have taken that class. <laughs> Before I agreed to teach the linear perspective class. <laughs> this is really good. Lisa says, two questions I ask myself. Is the top of the object above the horizon above your eye level. So if there, there's a ceiling light and I'm just standing in the room, that's above my eye level. If there is a disgusting slug on the floor and I'm standing up, it's below my eye level. I mean, it's literally what we're saying. Is it up above, is it below? I think when, uh, one thing that's really simple, if you get stuck trying to figure out the terms and stuff and everything, just look at the things around you, right? Like for right now, I'm above my desk. And if I look down, I'll see the top surface of it. But I can't see the top of the door frame because I'm below it. So if you just look around, sometimes that'll help as well. 
Karusu says, I'm extremely confused. Well, here's the thing about linear perspective is we're doing a draw along right now where we're showing all of you how to apply the concepts. But really, for this to make any sense, you've got to listen to my lecture because my lecture breaks it down, gives examples, and we have two of them. So just type art prof perspective into YouTube and you'll find it because it's one thing to know the contents, another thing to see how to apply it. I mean, they really are separate experiences. Yeah, that's true. I, I would say it becomes a, uh, it's different between head knowledge and experiential knowledge, you know, or life experience versus just reading things out of books, you know, like, you know, even art tutorials, if you just watch a ton of tutorials, in theory, you might know how to draw, but if you don't actually pick up a pencil or a paintbrush, you're not going to get better. So it's, you got to get the practice in. At the same time, with stuff like this and anatomy too, I mean, yeah, you can practice drawing, but beefing up your drawing with the knowledge mm -hmm. of the anatomy is extremely helpful. So you need both. And yeah. sometimes people struggle. They might know every single muscle on the body, but maybe they don't know how to apply it to the context of drawing. And that's where I'm always just very hesitant to make things so academic because it's confusing for people. Yeah, I I have a student who I help out and um, he always has questions on anatomy and he's always trying to get to like the nitty gritty to the point where it's a, it's almost like doctor level anatomy stuff. And some things yeah. I don't even know the terms of, I'm just like, bro, it's a patella, but it's just, that's for me, like, it's just, come on. Like, I don't know how much more I could explain it to. And he's like, well, why does it do this? I'm like, I, I don't know. I didn't make the bones, okay? I just, I just know how to draw. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, that happens. Or you get people who need to know so much because, you know, if you think about the human body, there's so many, there's layers and layers of muscles. And when I went to grad school, I had a professor who was like that. He would teach us every, I'm like, dude, I can't even see that muscle. It's not even relevant to me as an artist. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with learning those muscles, mm -hmm. but at a certain point, it's like, do you really need all this information? <laughs> you really don't. Like when we were learning about the spine and drawing, we learned about the C7 very specifically because that leaves a mark or a bump on the back of your neck. After that is just spine. Like everything else is like, you know, yeah. we don't notice that or how many bones are on the rib cage or unless you're drawing a skeleton, that's different. But yeah, most of the time you don't see that stuff. I actually, in some ways, think it's more important to know more of the muscles than the bones in some cases, because you, you know, you actually see that more, but don't take that as a way to not learn bones, but I'm just saying. By the way, everybody, C7 is seven cervical vertebrae. So just your neck <laughs> just count one two three four five six seven i mean you probably can't do that in your neck but if you have a skeleton you just count the vertebrae and the seventh one is the one that pops oh here like if you have a skeleton just count it <laughs> oh, i got one hanging around Aww, oh thank you anna anna says if i could single-handedly fund art prof i would so appreciate your support Thank mm -hmm. you.
Carolyn says, planning on a sketch of my parents' house in my art journal later today, since I'm visiting now, we'll use perspective in that. Yeah, do quick sketches. Like how many people here, if you have experienced linear perspective, have done a gesture drawing of a scene? I'll, I'll do one right now because <laughs> we're almost out of time, but I'll do one really, really fast to show all of you you don't need it to be a finished piece. All right, we, we only have a little bit of time. I'm gonna give myself about five minutes. <laughs> Let's see what I do. Wait, what are you drawing right now? Just a super fast drawing to demonstrate oh. that you don't need two hours to sketch linear perspective. That's it. I don't know. That was more like two minutes. Yeah, was, that was. Fairness? Really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll develop it more, but does everybody see, even with that period of time, everything's here? We have the plant, we have the chairs, window, floor, pipe, lights. It's all approximation. I, I This is not right. I'm going to go in and I'm going to fix it. But I don't know. Why do you think, Jordan, people stress about it's not right. Um, I think because everyone else does. I mean, and it's one. Of, it's like drawing a face. We've seen so many faces that we could tell if something skewed off. And um, I think so. I think there's that kind of pressure to to get it right. And uh, perspective is the exact same way. If you notice something that's totally askew, you're going to see it. I think that that kind of contributes and makes people get really tight in the drawings and they end up messing up even more sometimes or creating a drawing that doesn't look interesting, which is actually sometimes worse. Well, I've been going to life drawing once a week and there's a few people there who have said to me, oh, well, can you help me out? You look like you know what you're doing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I usually start by saying to them, Okay, well, first, before I help you, can you tell me what your objective is? What, what are you trying to get? What kind of results? And every person I talked to said, I want correct proportions. And that's a fine goal. But ultimately, is that really what drawing is about? I don't think so. Um, I think it, I actually know a professor who uh, focused on drawing realistically so much that he ended up getting bored later. <laughs> And that's happened to me a couple of times where I've been stuck in the same way of drawing. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm bored. I don't, this isn't fun anymore. And that's when people start to change it up. Like one theory as to why Picasso even switched his style, because he he knows how to draw realistically. But I think one reason he did start doing cubism is because he was bored, <laughs> you know? Like that could very well be the case. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but it's possible. I mean, if I were to pick between drawing a space like this, perfectly precise and accurate, 
versus having some spots that are off, but really capturing the space and showing the atmosphere and the mood, I will take that any day over the accuracy of the linear perspective. And I, I don't know that the whole, you have to learn to do it correctly and accurately before you can give it personality. I don't buy that. <laughs> I guess it depends on the context. Because sometimes, you know, like 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 with anatomy, I feel like that's kind of tricky to, to learn from doing something, doing it that way. Um, yeah. But I also am hesitant to say that you should only draw realistically and then after you've matched that, then stylize. You know, I think there should be a healthy balance. And I notice that people who have more freedom in that tend to actually do better because they're loose with it. And they don't, they're not so uptight and they don't have to unlearn how to stop being uptight, which is very difficult. Like I've struggled with that a lot. Well, I tell people, you don't have to wait. <laughs> You know, if you want to, yeah, study how to do it more accurately, keep doing that. But then also at the same time, that doesn't mean you can't go and do something abstract or go mess around. It, it's not some, I just don't buy the whole, you're not allowed to do this until you can do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah the, the only time I would say not to do that is if it's going to impede your growth significantly. Like, like, for example, a lot of you guys know about the whole art schools and anime debate like why can't i put anime by portfolio to sva or RISD or whatever and that i think has a genuine concern <laughs> doesn't mean you can't draw anime but i think sometimes it ends up being a, a crutch for some people in that situation i think is fair i like what lisa's saying my goal is realistic enough that you recognize the subject i don't want the wonkiness to detract from the meeting so real enough yeah that's what i think Shuriken says, think I'll buy a sketch bag tomorrow, eager to learn again about perspective, especially when I've discovered someone who can teach me. Yay! Oh, that's nice. Brazen says, please link on the support page that goes directly to the tiers list. Too easy to get frustrated and give up. I'm opposed to easily finding... Uh, okay, as opposed to easily finding the tiers and do it. Okay, all you need to do, and the link is in the YouTube video description below, just go to the Patreon page. The Patreon page will take you to see all of the tiers. <laughs> Mustele, Clara, gains speed demon mode. Just like Michael Jackson, speed demon. That's right. Sing it, Claire. Sing it. <laughs> I can't sing Jordan. Oh, okay. You know, I find it funny. This, you know, the song "I Want You Back." I find it funny yeah. how those lyrics are. <laughs> like, if you really listen to what they're saying, it's basically calling a, his girlfriend ugly and then being sad because she found someone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what the song's about. It's just messed up, and it's eleven-year-old singing it. <laughs> No, you know what's funny is the song I'll Be There because he's what eight years like he's like, I'll be there when you need me. I'm like, really? <laughs> I bro, you can't even walk to the store by yourself. Stop. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> it's so good though. I love it. Remember, everybody, we still have spots open for our drawing and painting clouds workshop and also commissions for artists. And Jordan, tell us what's happening later tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. Eastern, join the Joe McFoe Show YouTube channel, where I will be doing some more sketching for Shadowboxers, probably finishing up this poster as well. So hope to see you all there. Please join us in our Discord. Right after the stream, we are having a stage session. That is your opportunity to talk to us on voice. We have a ton of fun. Meet us in the post live streams stage channel. And a reminder, there are many ways you can support Art Prof. You can purchase an artist call, portfolio critique, and I'm so excited, everybody, this is brand new, personal art curriculums. Go down to the description below. There's a link down there. You can all check that out. You can donate via Venmo or PayPal. You can also sponsor a video. These are the four videos that happen because generous sponsors from our community stepped up to provide the funds to do that, make it possible. And thank you to our top Patreon supporters. I'm so happy with all of you who have stuck with us because people come and go, that's fine, I get it. I'm not saying everybody has to stay all the time, but those of you who have been with us, oh my gosh, you are critical to us keeping the lights on. That said though, we dropped another $60, <laughs> which is really bad because last time we dropped 93, that's like $150, which for us, that that's really bad. So we need your support, everybody. Please consider donating. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you in the Discord. Bye.